0: I think creatives, we always wanna put out the best, most inspiring content possible, but you also have to think about the business value that it brings. So those are the creatives where I'm like, yes, I love working with you because you can do both. <laughs>
1: <laughs> From the House, this is Creative First, the show about the spark of creative leaders and how they discovered their passions, what inspires their work ethic, and the journey of getting paid to do what they love the most. I'm your host, Kelsey Cochran, and today we have on a guest I've been incredibly excited to talk to. Her name is Annie Atwell, and she is the Director of Marketing for June Shine Hard Kombucha. I actually first discovered June Shine while in Boston this summer and immediately fell in love with the brand. Their founding story, their commitment to sustainability and like honestly just the design of their cans all spoke to me and aligned with my values completely. So I knew I had to get in touch with a contributor of this company and Annie was the perfect person to reach out to. I'm super excited to share with you all how she found her own unique style before even working at June Shine, and also how she's been able to lend her skills to this rapidly emerging brand. So let's get into it. Hey guys, I'm back again, and I have a very exciting guest this week. Um, her name is Annalise, or you go by Annie though sometimes, right?
0: I go by Annie. Annalise is just too hard to spell, especially <laughs> in email addresses.
1: Okay, so Annie is the director of marketing at June Shine, um, which is a hard kombucha brand based out of Southern California. But she also is a creative person herself, so I'm really excited to talk to you today. And thank you for joining me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Kelsey.
1: I want to start with kind of your vision as a creative because I was really intrigued by your feed when I kind of ran across it on Instagram and you just your own creativity and it's clear that you enjoy being in the outdoors and immersing yourself in nature and you portrayed that in such a creative way but I want to know like how did you discover your creative style
0: yeah that's a good question I think it it comes from just like my entire journey like at my core I always felt like between two worlds of like kind of data and analytics and then creative. I was almost an architect. I dabbled in graphic design and like was never like full-blown. Like if you wanted me to like illustrate something or like do something super in that realm, I'd be really bad at it. But the more structured creative. Like I, that was like kind of where I found my groove. And that's, I think why I ended up in like branding um, and marketing, because it's like really structured creativity where you have like a business purpose you're working towards, but you're kind of getting there creatively. So I actually did management consulting for a while, which is like, kind of crazy to think about now because it's really structured, like really problem solving in spreadsheets all the time. And then did the opposite with brand strategy for a few years. And then I think really, I don't know, it's like just having a camera with you all the time, snapping things that inspire you, like using all the channels like Instagram, obviously. I mean, it's like one of the, places where I get a lot of inspiration from and then just like adventures you know like the west coast is an awesome place for adventures and I grew up in Florida actually on a horse ranch so like the outdoors and um, the ocean has always been a big part of my life and I missed it after living in cities for 10 years so I'm happy to be back in a place where I can like enjoy both of those things. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. So would you say that the outdoors fuels your creative inspiration or where do you find your inspiration to just be creative in your everyday life?
0: It's funny. I was thinking about that today. And I think like one of the things that I do the most or one of the things that I've realized helps my creativity is rest and quiet. And I think a lot of us do get that in the outdoors, right? Because on an average workday, I'm on Slack, I'm on text, I'm on email, I'm back to back meetings. And that is like not how creative things happen usually, right? Like the creative things pop into my head when I'm falling asleep, because it's like the quietest, calmest part of the day. Um, Or when I'm out on a hike, or when I'm surfing, right? Like those are like the the times when my mind is usually the calmest. So I think just making quiet time, honestly, is like where I get time to think about ideas and be creative. But it's harder to make that quiet time than you think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It kind of reminds me like People always say that your best ideas come like when you're in the shower. Like, you know, you're just yeah. by yourself and there's like no one's around. You're slowed down for like a period of time. We're just like
0: constantly pinged these days like with our phones. It's just yeah. so bad.
1: Yes, it is. Okay, so you also have really been able to align your adventurous side and your like environmentalist passion and your creativity kind of within your own career as well. Kind of being a creative strategist for June Shine. And you have even kind of meshed June Shine products into your own posts and they like went so smoothly into the feed that you had already created how did your creativity help result in a career at Juneshine
0: yeah um it's kind of it's a neat story and I feel like everybody's story always makes sense looking back right like I certainly didn't know what I would turn into like moving forward but you know I was in brand consulting like brand creative brand strategy in New York for an agency so I was getting to work with a ton of different cool companies I worked with like Birchbox and Amex, like Fortune 500 startups. It was awesome. Great experience. Highly recommend it. But I reached a point where, you know, I kind of just wanted to work for one company with like a true purpose. Wasn't really sure what that was. Sustainability was like kind of just starting to, at least in like a meaningful brand way, become important and something that consumers cared about. This was like I don't know, probably eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And I worked with Blue Apron and they were one of my favorite clients. We helped them launch a ton of stuff. You wouldn't know it as much right now, but they actually do care a lot about sustainability. And I like would blow through tons of sustainability books, like read everything out there, um, was watching all the documentaries, And I was like, oh, this is clearly like my purpose. I love creative stuff and I love branding, but then like the vertical I'm the most interested in is sustainability. So one of the things that I had been wanting to do was quit and woof for a while. I don't know if you're familiar with woofing, but it's volunteering on organic farms. So there's actually like a network that you can join and they connect you with farmers who need help on their farms. All you have to do is pay your way there and then room and board is covered. Uh, and you work for a certain amount of hours on the farm that week. And the idea is that you learn organic farming practices. Um, So it's a really cool experience, kind of like a work study. Um, And you can do it all over the world. You can do it in Italy, you can do it in Australia, you can do it in the US. So I quit my job in New York. And I did that for for like four months. Yeah, it was awesome. And then from there, led the brand team at Imperfect Produce, which is now Imperfect Foods. Huge sustainability focus. It's the reason they exist. So got connected with them after farming. So that was like perfect alignment of skill set and purpose. And then after a few years of doing that, decided to make the switch to June Shine, which again was like that perfect alignment of, like skill set and growth in my skill set, but also sustainability and a brand that I care about.
1: Yeah. And I know that you guys at June China are huge on sustainability, just doing research on your website. That was so apparent, like first thing that caught my eye when I was like browsing through. And I think that transparency really leads to the fact that consumers these days are very loyal to brands that align with their personal values. And if you are a sustainable person, then you will choose brands that are also like that. And um, what ways has the culture at June Shine been able to attract like that target audience?
0: You know, I think it definitely like our brand is so sustainable. All of our customers are usually living so sustainably, like all of our employees are. It's a huge part of our culture. And I think people see that, you know, like we're actually publishing sustainability goals next week. So company-wide oh. sustainability goals. So you'll see those, but I think it's also something unique in alcohol because no one has really talked about it yet, right? Like no one has taken alcohol to that level and been like, how can we do this more sustainably? Because the, re- the reality is right now, it's like, it's really not. I think one of the reasons that Juneshine has been so successful to begin with is because we started with this core community in San Diego of just friends and family and pro athletes um, that were friends of our co-founder Boris. all of them, like the commonality was that we care about the outdoors and sustainability. And we wanted a drink that reflected that. So like having this small community of like-minded people allowed us to grow it right and find those people in other communities and connect with them so
1: (laughs) yeah no so you guys have ambassadors as well that Mm -hmm. consists of these adventurous and outdoorsmen and how are those ambassadors selected it's it's kind of funny
0: because they all started out as as just like friends our co-founder was a filmmaker before he was our chief creative officer and a lot of them he had just worked on you know projects on surf projects, snow projects, like pretty much anything. So they were all just friends that were interested in June Shine. So I think that's why it has this real grassroots feel like a lot of larger companies um, will just pay people to be ambassadors. Yeah. Um, a lot of ours are actually invested in June Shine. So, you know, they have a stake in the company. They want to support us. They want us to be successful. But I don't know. The thing that we always talk about with ambassadors is like, would you want to sit with them, you know, with your group of friends at a dinner table?
1: That's awesome. And I think that they do a great job of making your brand like very coherent as well, and how have you been able to use some creative strategies from your past jobs to improve upon your own creativity, just as a person living in this world? But then also for the June Shine branding.
0: Yeah, ooh, that's a good question. I mean, luckily I working at Imperfect um, saw a startup go from like, I think I was employee number 30. And by the time I left, we had like over 400 employees. Wow. So over the course of two years, so it's like, I saw this huge trajectory and saw like all of the pitfalls that are bound to happen. So I kind of feel like even though June Shine is a different company, I can start to see those things happen and like stop them before they happen, or at least be like, guys, I know this is going to happen. We need to look out for it, you know, even if we don't necessarily fix it. So that that's been really nice, just like, I mean, experience right like that's what experience and perspective and then you know in terms of creativity I don't know it's 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 things like knowing what I love versus what will be effective for a lot of creatives looking to work with startups or with big companies that is what is most valuable to me is finding creatives that understand like I know like you made this six minute wonderful brand video for me and it is beautiful and it is inspiring, but it is not going to convert people to buy my product. So like give me as much as it is heartbreaking, give me the 15 second version. That's like someone can look at in literally one second and want to click on and, you know, we'll still use the six minute. We'll put it on our website and, you know, maybe we'll do some sort of like premiere, but you know, those are two different things. And, um, I think creatives, we always want to put out, the best most inspiring content possible but you also have to think about the business value that it brings so those are the creatives where i'm like yes i love working with you because you can do both
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i completely agree i do want to talk about though your relationship that your company does build with creatives that may come from outside Um, whether they be photographers other animators or videographers or directors etc. How heavily does your company rely on these types of people or or how do you build relationships with those types of people?
0: So we I mean we're content heavy like we started as content. So we do freelance a lot of it now that we're getting to be bigger. And like our creative director, our graphic designers, even though they're both photographers, I mean, we all like everyone on our marketing team shoots, like we can't, we don't have the time to do that anymore. So um, we have a pretty like stacked team of content creators that we keep, you know, kind of just on the back burner for when we need them. You know, we have some people for like paid social. So for the short like snippet POV GoPro type videos, we have people who will do the more polished things. We have photographers for events. We have studio folks who will do like really bright poppy gifs and like studio lit shots for us. So we kind of have this like running Rolodex of people and we'll definitely add to it. But most of the time, I would say they come as referrals or just like through our network. Like I'd say that's the number one way. And I know it's like so frustrating for people to hear because they're like, but I don't have my network or my network's really small. So I would say that's the first way, you know, I think a way for people who are newer to that on the creative side is just like meeting other creatives so that, you know, when they get a job, they can hand it off to you. Right. Cause even like I'll do freelance copywriting on the side or freelance photos. And like a lot of times I'll get work just because someone hands it off to me because they can't take the gig. So I would say that's like the first way we do get a lot of cold leads through Instagram and through email. Instagram, like as much as I love it, it's not great for networking because people will send it to our June Shine account and it just gets lost. So even though you can see someone, if you're creative, right? Instagram, you probably have your portfolio there. It's like, that's awesome. But I can't, I always am like, email me, email me, email me. So maybe it's, you know, a good start, but you don't want to have an entire conversation in there about like your portfolio and your career and all of this stuff. And then the other way is sometimes I'll just get cold emails with links to portfolios, you know, and in those cases, like the things, like I probably get at least one of those emails a day. And the thing that usually grabs me is like the link to portfolio examples of clients and examples of results. Like those are the things that I'm looking at just because I don't have time to like open emails, go look through someone's portfolio, go to their Instagram, right? Like that takes 10 minutes out of my day.
1: No, that's actually good to know because I think that there's a lot of Freelancers who just want to write the most perfectly crafted email. And, you know, they tend to get a little bit wordy and I'm guilty of this too, where I'm trying to spill my whole story to people. And I'm, and really- all oh, I, me too. Yeah, really all I want is for you to just, hop on the phone with me for 15 minutes so we can like have a chat or, you know what I mean? So I think that is really hard though. And it takes time to get comfortable knowing exactly how straightforward to be in what someone on your end as a director of marketing really wants, you know, you don't want to be the link. Don't give me five paragraphs. Yeah, (laughs) I won't read it. Maybe five sentences max.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like literally five bullet points with like a link to your portfolio. Like why I should hire you, what you've done before. Boom. (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, I will say the other thing, like, so that I'm not a totally like cold, hard person is for me, at least like enthusiasm for the brand and alignment with values, like goes a long way. So like, if you really are oozing enthusiasm, that counts, right? Even if you don't have the most stacked client list.
1: And I think that goes along with just being like a passionate creative in general. If you're not passionate about the work that you're producing, even when it's not for a client, then it's going to be hard to be purely motivated by a brand. I want to kind of move toward your excitement and your difficulties that come along with managing a brand like June shine So one, in the health world, kombucha has been a longtime tradition, but in the commercialized product world, it's still kind of relatively new. And Juneshine came along as, okay, we're going to take kombucha, which is growing rapidly in the beverage industry, and we're going to make it alcoholic, <laughs> which is something that had not really been done before. So has this created any challenges as you goes forward with marketing your product.
0: Totally. Um, And this is like, you know, what we're working to really nail down like in our marketing funnel, right? Of like if, if the people at the top of the funnel that you're talking to have never heard of kombucha before, you know, there because there are a lot of people, it's like we're not just marketing now to Southern California where kombucha is like an everyday thing. The layers of education that we have to go through with fans is well, what is kombucha? What is hard kombucha? And then why is June shine different? And that takes like time and that is not something that's easy to do in a five second ad, right? Like it's like someone sipping a June a few keywords, yeah. and then you gotta know it's alcohol. Because when you describe kombucha or like hard kombucha, you're like, well, it's alcohol. Yeah, it's fermented, fizzy, probiotic tea. People are like, what? I don't want (laughs) to drink that. That's awful. But when you see it and you taste it, you're like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm not that hungover the next day. So finding different ways to talk more about like, not necessarily what it is, but what the effects are, what the benefits are, which is also another can of worms in and of itself, because we can't actually, because we're an alcohol, we can't say that june tea is healthy it's actually a, a law so that's also been a challenge right to be like well we have antioxidants you know we have all organic ingredients we only use fruits and spices our tea literally it's like organic regenerative sustainable it helps like this community in bangladesh it's a wonderful story you know <laughs>
1: It's hard to talk about that stuff with alcohol,
0: so it's definitely a challenge.
1: You guys just released a new flavored drink. It was a partnership with Stone Brewery, which is just north of you guys, Um, and the flavor is called Stone Shine. So can you tell us a little bit about that collaboration and how it came about, and then, you know, how excited you were to be able to kind of create this marketing and brand plan for it?
0: We love like collaborations are one of our favorite things for the team to work on. They're so much fun. So we've been working on it for for months. This is probably the longest that we've prepared for for a launch, which is great, right? That's like time is always a luxury when you get to like creatively plan something. But it came about because Stone is just like a local legend here. I mean, not just here in San Diego, but like the country, right? Like they really have put craft beer and like IPAs on the map. So our founders are friends with stone founder and they also like share a philosophy on quality ingredients you know quality producers so it was like a pretty easy like we were like this would be an awesome partnership if we could make it happen and they were interested so we were like well it only makes sense for us to use hops from stone because that's what they're known for and then we managed to get some organic nectarines and peaches from masumoto farms which is a um, pretty well known farm up near fresno uh, like a small family owned farm so the combination was just like pretty epic with our kombucha base but yeah they're they're awesome we respect them so much their marketing and their creative is so good
1: yeah so how was your experience like creating brand marketing around this new product like, were there obstacles you now you had a lot more kind of time to develop the plan which is not always like you said you know time is a you don't know yeah. it so a yeah. little bit of your experience
0: yeah. Um, we're still like kind of nailing down processes at June Shine. And I, I like love process. Like I love making a checklist and like making sure we have all the stuff for a shoot. Um, you know, and most of my job is just like making sure that things happen and that they happen toward a particular goal, right? Like that's what being a manager is. So I'm not like shooting or styling anymore usually, but I'm still sometimes making shot lists, corralling producers and doing more of the management side of things. I would say like our biggest challenge, honestly, and it's unique to us, but like we could only have the final cans to shoot content four days before the actual release. So we were doing like the photo shoot that you'll see, like we had our studio photographer turn around in a weekend. So just like that tight timeline of like, we literally don't have the product to shoot because the brewers are still brewing it and canning it. We have to wait until it's in cans to shoot it. That part is definitely like our biggest challenge, you know, and just kind of those details of like we can't plan any content until <laughs> until we have the product yeah. uh, so that's something that we're working on but it's just you know the funny like seemingly minor logistics of running content shoots
1: but I bet no one will ever know that it's <laughs> no one will know <laughs> done in one weekend <laughs> that's crazy I wanted to ask as a creative person what has been your favorite part of being in a more business position when you have such creative visions and such creative passions?
0: I don't know, it's, it's there are like pros and cons. Um, I actually was thinking about this the other day because I don't create as much anymore. So it's a matter of me just having creative hobbies outside of work, like I do pottery, you know, I take photos. So you kind of have to have that outlet somewhere else. And then, you know, now I'm really working on the management side of things where I'm managing a ton of different people toward one vision. So in a way that is creative because you're seeing how the brand manifests itself on Instagram, on paid social ads, on billboards, in video, in merch, right? Like that's all things that like I have a hand in and I'll, you know, I'll like write copy here and there, comment on design and stuff. But, you know, I think that's like pretty common with creatives as they get, you know, even creative directors deal with that. They're not like editing in Photoshop anymore. They have a team that does that and they're really responsible for the vision. So even though I don't see my fingerprints on like an individual thing necessarily as much anymore, I at least know that like the overall vision kind of happened, you know, because I was managing people to get there.
1: You get to find creativity within a business role, which I think Mm-hmm. it's exciting and it's important for you to stay you know inspired by the work that you're doing yeah um, lastly if there exists a very young professional who has never been able to work with a brand before but wants to get into commercial work what would you advise as being kind of the first steps into achieving that goal
0: um i think definitely having a strong portfolio even if it's just projects you make up for yourself i had no background in brand before i got a job in it you know i had a job but like I used to just sit in my apartment every night and do I did a blog on brand strategy. And I would actually just do case studies on like rebrands. And I would just write about them and like read articles and like write my own analysis of rebrands. But I did this for like a year. And then when I when I started interviewing with brand strategy firms, they're like, well, like tell us about your experience. And was like, well, I don't have any in my job right now. But I have this blog full of like 100 case studies, if you want to look at it, and they'd be like, what? <laughs> you know, like, you're crazy. And that was honestly, like the reason that I I think, got into brand strategy. So, you know, and I loved doing it. Like I loved sitting down at a computer and doing that stuff. And that's how I knew I wanted to get into it. So I think if you're, you know, if you want to do like studio photography, if you want to do paid social ads, do one for June and like send me a 15 second ad, right? Like I'm, I'm not looking for like free work, spec work. That's not what I'm saying. But I think it's like the easiest way to get somebody's attention and build a portfolio and kind of get your brain thinking about how would I approach this project if I had it, right? It's like dressing for the job that you want to have, not the job that you have. So I think that's probably thing. And then just trying to connect. I think usually people are pretty nice. You know, if people reach out to me on LinkedIn and they're like, you know, I just want to hear about your background. Like, can you talk to me for 10 minutes today? And you know, I'm usually open to that too. So I feel like other creatives are as well because people did that for us and it's the only reason that we're where we are now
1: that is a great comment to end on i love that <laughs> that's really really great advice all right well thank you so much for joining me enjoyed talking to you and i'm guessing that everyone listening will enjoy hearing your perspectives too. so thank you very
0: much awesome thanks kelsey